Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Leonard Kim here, back with another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have a special guest on the line with us. His name's Sandy Parikh, and he's the founder of Effin' Funny, a soup, a soup to Nuts production company that creates, develops, and produces high-quality, hilarious content for partners including Comedy Central, FX, TBS, Red Hour, and ABC Digital. Uh, they've generated over 500 million views around the world on their uh, platforms, which is kind of amazing, and their pioneering Comedy Central web series, uh, Legend of Neil, that broke over 10 million views in itself and blazed the trail for the new web series format. Uh, the award-winning series That Moment When uh, also broke ground with its comedic treatment of emerging interactive media formats. And uh, now his latest show, uh, Wizard School Dropout, it just premiered, I believe it was last week or the week before, on an interactive content platform called Eco. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the future of entertainment, influence, and choice-driven content. But before we get into that, uh, Parikh, do you want to take a moment to kind of introduce yourself, let people kind of know about your background? and how you kind of ended up in uh, the uh, role that you've uh, kind of grown yourself into? Sure. I mean, you did such a bang-up job introducing the company. Thank <laughs> you for that. Um, oh, no yeah, problem. so, uh, uh, you know, I started out as just uh, a, a, a little Indian brown kid in, uh, in New Hampshire. Uh, we were the one Indian family that, that lived in a, a sea of white people, and, um, you know, I really, where I had to sort of develop, a, I think, a sense of humor to, <laughs> to sort of uh, survive out there, um, and, you know, I was raised by typical kind of Indian parents who wanted me to be a math and science kid, um, and that's, that's, that's where I was headed, and then uh, I sort of fell in with the wrong crowd of filmmakers one day uh, in, in college. <laughs> And uh, started uh, started making comedy videos and uh, co- comedy sketches and stuff like that, and sort of just fell in love with. Uh, well, I honestly just fell in love with um, not just uh, the the artistic side of it, which was obviously uh, r- really fun to explore, but there is sort of a science behind making content and um, and, and you know having to produce things, and you have to sort of develop uh, the, the the sort of um, logistical side of, of your brain as well in order to create uh, really kick-ass content that, um, you know, under budget, and that's under budget and on time. So to, to me, it really married both sides of my brain. Um, and I was like, you know, I, 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 want, I want to be a filmmaker. Um, I told my parents that. They wept um, <laughs> and uh, moved out to L.A. And that was some, you know, 15 years ago and, and kind of never looked back. Um, from there, so I, I, I sort of shoved my computer science degree to the side um, to give a shot at filmmaking. Um, ended up in LA and have been developing um, content ever since. I, um, as you said, I, I uh, made a show for Comedy Central um, online, which is called The Legend of Neil, and uh, it was about a guy who gets sucked into Zelda and has to fight his way out of the game. So if you're a gamer or really anyone who sort of understands the fantasy universe. It's about just a regular Joe Schmo who um, sort of <laughs> magically finds his way into the game um, and has to uh, has to sort of fight his way out. Um, and that was really fun. We did that for three seasons. Um, and it was rather successful. We got to sort of employ uh, a lot of comedians and f- folks that I'd worked with through my company and had some funny um, and uh, ever since then, just been uh, pounding the pavement, making content. I, I, I was also the act- an actor in uh, a show called The Guild, um, which uh, got something like half a billion views online. Uh, it was a brainchild of Felicia Day, uh, who is, uh, uh, you know, uh, been on Supernatural and other, and, some, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and so like that. She created her own show and cast me in it. And uh, that show grew a worldwide audience um, and sort of launched my acting career. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of like my general background. Um, and, and, and my sort of like new passion these days is uh, making interactive content, as you mentioned, with, uh, with Echo. 
Yeah, that's kind of a crazy journey, especially since you just moved out here and you got into a group of filmmakers and you actually turned it into a career. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who do want to become filmmakers and make it big, especially over here in Los Angeles, but not that many people have really found the ability to break through and work with companies like HBO and uh, large uh, organizations like you have, or even go on to create your own uh, content series like you've done with Echo with this new interactive design. Um, how do you think that was all kind of possible for you to kind of break through into the mold? Was it knowing the right people? Was it putting in the work? What do you think really broke that mold? Yeah, I really skipped over the hard parts there in that, in that summary. <laughs> uh, you, you, you got me. Um, it's, you know, so I sort of viewed it as, um, my job is to come out here and just, and just make something that would be my calling card. Um, and what I found is that when you sort of make a decision to, to create something in earnest, you're saying, I'm, I'm going to do this project from, uh, you know, come hell or high water with whatever resources I have. Um, then I think people just start to rally around you and, um, there's something about sort of put, put, putting putting an idea out there and saying, "Hey, I'm going to get this thing. I'm going to get this thing made." That you start seeing uh, folks around you that can that can help you out. So, for for example, like when I first came out here, I really didn't have much. I had um, a, a few grand in a bank account that I uh, saved up over some uh, summer internships um, where I actually utilized my computer science degree, um, and was like, "Well, look, I'm just going to kind of." Tump that into uh, of, of making a show, um, like making an independent pilot, and you know see, see where that takes me. You know, my my, my quote unquote fallback option was to uh, hitchhike up to Silicon Valley and try to find a job as a uh, you know in computer science somewhere. Um, so that was kind of like my buffer. I was like, all right, look, I, I I'll give myself you know maybe a year or two, or if I can afford it. Um, to just uh, sort of survive in LA and try to try to get this independent pilot made. Um, the very first thing I did when I came to LA was uh, uh, go online and type in free improv class into Google, and because uh, I couldn't afford one. And so, and then I found um, this this small company called the Empty Stage Theater, um, where they had like a free introductory class, and I started taking improv. Um, and then I, I, you know, enrolled in their class eventually and found this, like, sort of little niche group of, of comedians. And these were a lot of folks that were from, like, some of the more reputable places around town, like the Groundlings and stuff like that, would come to this smaller studio to just, like, work out and, um, you know, keep their comedy chops sharp. And that's really the place where I sort of cut my teeth. And I think, and from there, started meeting people who were in, so I mean, people like Felicia Day, who, who just um, were other you know, funny folks, and we had uh, shared sensibilities, and, um, you know, I was like, all right, look, 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 this is basically my cast, this is my, this is my class, um, in a sense, and, and what I've sort of done over the years, I think, is like, our, we've all kind of stayed in touch and worked together on various projects, and you can sort of see your class, like, start to graduate um, and start moving up the ranks uh, on both sides, honestly, of the of the equation. Like, uh, they're, they're, when you first move out here, you you start going to like parties and stuff, and you meet folks that are assistants at um, agencies, and those assistants eventually become agents, or they're um, you know assistants at uh, uh, a company like Comedy Central or in development or something like that at a at a, at a production company, and then they eventually become. Um, actual folks who can make decisions and, and, and say, uh, you know, and th- throw cash your way to, to make a show. Um, and it's, it is about sort of developing those relationships. I did not come here with any relationships, like, pre-developed, uh, honestly. Um, I didn't know I didn't know any Scorsese's or Coppola's um, when I first moved out here. I was just sort of dropping myself in a bit and, and, you know, seeing who I meet, seeing who I resonated with, and making genuine relationships and um, and and being creative with those folks because ultimately everybody here, I think, in LA, they just want to make stuff. They want to make cool stuff. They want to be a part of that. Um, and if you can facilitate that, if you can be sort of fertile ground for folks to be able to 
to be creative, um, you know, I, I think you, you can eventually find your way. Cool. So basically what you kind of did is you had an idea and you came to L.A. Uh, without knowing anyone. You started to go in, let people know that you were creating an idea and uh, there would be a community where people could work together to go and create things. You joined the group. Uh, you were able to go out there and uh, build camaraderie with other members in the group. And that just continued to grow and grow where the network just expanded and expanded where you helped each other and everything. Everyone started lifting each other up, and all of a sudden, you kind of got to where you are, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it's and it's trying to do that with, you know, paying your rent as <laughs> possible. Um, I think that's the name of the game, ultimately. Cool. Yeah, I wrote a book called Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success, and it's available across bookstores across America. But in that book, it kind of follows down the same journey with a lot of the people within the book, where the uh, most uh, significant point where people were able to rise up above anything was going out there and building camaraderie with others and just building up those groups so they could uh, kind of network their ways up. And uh, I mean, ditching the act is one way to go out there and really go out there and get people to really communicate and know what you're doing and I think you did that by going out there and being open and honest letting people know what you were working on and giving them the opportunity and a platform to kind of go and build something with uh, so in regards to um, uh, what has kind of happened with your career you've taken uh, comedy as the main route for your growth uh, with your company F and Funny and whatnot. Uh, was there something from childhood that really resonated with you to kind of move into comedy or is it just something that you kind of stumbled upon after you joined the uh, improv group or how did that kind of come about? <laughs> yeah, I think that, right, I, you know, I, I, as I sort of mentioned, um, that I think that just being sort of a stranger in a strange land a little bit, being a, like an Indian kid in a place where there was no other Indian kids um, sort of, like battle tested me a little bit. Like I just found that, you know, my, my, my defense mechanism was just cracking jokes um, and making people laugh. And, um, and I think the difference between, you know, someone who, uh, I mean, like we all know funny people in our lives, um, but the folks who, who sort of end up making a career of it are the ones that are just like, all right, look, I'm going to, I'm going to work the craft now. And, and, And that's, that's a different that's sort of a different skill set, really, than just being funny. I think, I think, in many ways, we're all capable of being funny. There's only like probably like five to ten percent of the population that just like has an unfunny gene that aren't really funny at all. But I think most people, like most people, can tell a good story. Most people can can crack you up. You know, um, even the sort of driest people can 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 crack a joke. And so it's sort of about like what I've found in my career, at least, is that like. Well, it's about honing that and figuring out, like, well, what makes people laugh? What makes you um, unique? What makes you funny? Um, like, what's your style? And over, you know, years of um, putting yourself out there, putting yourself up on stage, um, you know, uh, making content, uh, writing, you just start honing your own voice. And, uh, you know, that's ultimately what sort of, um, is the most important thing is, is, is that like when people ask me what I do for a job, you know, I, I mean, I, I write, I direct, I produce, I do, I, I wear a lot of hats, but ultimately I'm just trying to tell stories. And for me, at least right now, funny stories are the ones that, <laughs> that sort of like, uh, you know, just get me out of bed kind of thing. Um, and uh, it's, there's, there's, no, there's nothing like making an audience laugh, honestly. I, I think I'm a little bit addicted to it. Um, when, you, when you go up on stage and you, uh, and, you know, whether you're doing uh, stand-up or, or improv and, you just, and, and, you, and that audience bursts out laughing, there's, there's definitely like a, a, a heroin hit quality to that where you're just like, mmm, that's delicious, I want more of that. <laughs> um, so uh, I, think, I think that's, you know, that's, that's what drives me. And so... Um, you know, nowadays I'm, I'm I'm also focusing on trying to you know tell stories that are that are authentic and 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 meaningful. Um, and, and and like and even like a good comedy has to have a have has to have like a story spine 
of something that is dramatic, that feels relatable, um, that people, you know, can get behind. So, like, the latest show that I, that, that I just com- completed called Wizard School Dropout is all about um, a, well, it's right in the title. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's this girl who went to wizard school, like a, like a Hogwarts-type place, and um, decided that, you know, uh, dealing with staircases that go to a different place every time you get on them or a giant spider is attacking you um, and, the, and the school staff not seeming to really care or protect you um, was not really for her, so she drops out of, of wizard school and tries to make a go of it in L.A. And um, uh, it, it's a real fun, interactive story, and I think it, it's not only fun and funny, we, we get to parody kind of, all, you know, the zeitgeist of everything that's that, that's in the wizard world, um, and you know, cast all these really funny I- I- improvisational actors. Um, but there's also the story spine of a, of a relatable story about you know um, a young woman trying to to make it in a place that's totally unfamiliar and you know, it's against her parents' wishes. And um, I think that's something that you know a lot of folks can relate to. And, and if that's story spine isn't strong, then the comedy isn't going to resonate anyway. So um, it's really, that's, that's really the stories that excite me that, that are both, you know, uh, fertile ground for hilarious stuff and, and, and also, uh, you know, something relatable that you can really sink your teeth into. Yeah, that's definitely awesome, especially uh, your uh, strong background, especially in building out the straw stories, because that's really what connects all of us. And that's like the string that gives us all hope, and it's what's most memorable to us. Uh, we'll be hopping off to a commercial break, and right after that, we could get into more detail about the interactiveness about this type of content, why you kind of moved into this direction, and more of the details behind it. But if people wanted to find you online, where could they find you? Yeah, well, I'm on Twitter and Instagram, um, at Sandeep Parikh. Um, if you can spell it, then you deserve to follow me, is what I, what I say. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and also, F and Funny um, has a YouTube channel, so E-F-F-I-N-F-U-N-N-Y. Um, come subscribe. Cool, perfect. And you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel this is grow your influence tree to reach leonard kim or his guest call into the program at 1-866-472-5795 that's 1-866-472-5795 or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. 
Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Sandeep Parikh. We've been talking about Sandeep's journey into the comedy world and how he kind of made it in the industry. And uh, Sandeep kind of mentioned his new show, uh, the uh, the the drop. Uh, what, what's the show title? Wizard Dropout. It's Dropout, Wizard so School. Wiz- Wizard School Dropout. Wizard School Dropout. And then uh, this is on Echo, which is a brand new platform which has interactive content. And this is kind of like where you could like maybe choose your own adventure and take your character down the path that you kind of want to intend for them to go down. And you could kind of go back through the same episode and do different paths, right? That's exactly right. Yeah, so they call it, it's, it's choice-driven. Um, so you, the viewer, uh, slash user, um, you know, uh, are, are in the driver's seat. You're playing from the perspective in, uh, of, of Andy, our lead character, who is the, the, the wizard school dropout. And, um, you're making choices for her, uh, and you're ultimately influencing what type of wizard powers she can, uh, obtain throughout the story and um, sort of shaping what type of wizard she can become. Um, not only that, we sort of added um, a whole uh, relationship meter um, situation where you're developing a relationship with various characters. So, you know, if you, uh, depending on how deep your nerd goes, if you ever played games like Fable, um, you know, or even The Sims, it's kind of similar in the sense that the people that you sort of direct your attention towards uh, more will uh, sort of like you more potentially if you make the right choices. So um, what's sort of novel about our show uh, is that depending on how you play it, you can choose the character's sexual orientation even um, and decide to flirt with um, other women or, uh, or not, or you can decide to not um, choose, pursue a romantic path and, um, and just be all about the, 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 the badassery of being a wizard. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it, there's a lot that we, um, let the user decide and, uh, in order to craft, uh, the, sort of their own ver- version of the story, which is, I think, That's awesome. and pretty fun. Yeah. So, so yeah. like when you kind of think about like a series like this, like there's so many different potential outcomes that could kind of result from the uh, character's story. So do you kind of start at the beginning and lay out each path as it goes, or do you start at the end and put in all the intended endings and kind of work your way backwards from building that out? You know, it's a little column A and a little column B, I think. Um, it, it, we, we were lucky enough to be able to hire a writing uh, a writer's room. So we had a, a writing staff. Um, and so we populated it with some really awesome, diverse um, voices. Um, the the sh- the show's originator and creator, um, Max Gladstone, is is an awesome uh, novelist um, in the fantasy universe. And so he brought you know so much uh, sort of uh, you know a depth of knowledge uh, of world building. Um, to the table, and then we also had some really great comedians in the, in the writers' room. And uh, you know, when we we were mapping out the story, um, you, you you of course start from the beginning at, at times, and then you also go, well, hey, where do we want this thing to go, uh, and how many endings do we want to have? And so that's what's really different is that you know you can have multiple endings, and and we we do in our show as well. Um, there's there's many ways that it can kind of like end up. So you got to sort of like plant the seeds all along the way. And, uh, that's, that's definitely the challenge. I mean, if any, if, you know, if any of your listeners or writers, um, they know the challenge of telling even one story, uh, well, and I think that the, the, the real, the real difficult challenge of, of telling something interactively is that you want each experience to feel, um, just as awesome as, as another, you don't want anybody playing the show feeling like, Oh, there's, you know, this kind of sucks, or I wish I had done something else. Uh, I'm sure you want them to be curious but and, and go back and replay, but for the most part, I want the path that the viewer takes to be, you know, exciting and funny no matter what they decide. Um, so it's, 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 it's hugely challenging. Um, luckily, I was supported by an incredible cast and crew, 
um, that I, that I think sort of achieve, you know, the goals we set out for it. Awesome. So when yeah. someone's kind of sitting in front of their TV or uh, on the computer and they're kind of walking down this uh, content stream where they can kind of pick and choose which way they want to go, do you think that is going to cater to a specific type of viewer? Like maybe someone who's also interested in like the uh, choose your own adventure type books and then like maybe someone who likes more of a role playing type of game? Or do you think it's going to cater to the uh, broad audience of like the average TV viewer who just watches something funny when they have a chance to? Yeah, I mean, the hope is that it caters to a broader audience, right? Like, I think, um, you know, we, we, we do want folks that are gamers to get excited about our show, for sure. And then we want it to be accessible enough that, like, people who don't typically game um, would find it find it interesting. And I, th- I think ultimately, like, people just want really good stories and, um, you know, stuff that's relatable. And I think, uh, you know, as long as we accomplish that, the medium itself, uh, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it becomes the hook more than anything else. It's like, oh, this is a really cool, unique take. I've got to give that a shot. And, and, and really the uh, mechanics behind choosing are so simple. It's not like playing an intense video game necessarily that you're, um, you've got to learn all these controls. Um, it, you know, it's simpler than that. You're making, you're making choices. I mean, there are some really cool mini game aspects that we've laid into the show as well, where you do cast spells and you like button mash to generate uh, power for her and stuff like that. Um, or trace runes to help her, um, you know, sort of make the, uh, <laughs> the best for the, the, the most alcoholic version of wizard grog, <laughs> stuff like that that we laid into the show, which I think is really fun and enhances, enhances the show. Um, but ultimately we wanted to be really like super intuitive. We wanted anybody like even my parents who, <laughs> um, you know, are, are, uh, first generation Indians who like, you know, speak English as a second, second language, like can jump in there and totally understand what's going on and, and, and be able to play around with it. Um, and, and yeah, just, just, you know, uh, have the tool be just as, uh, as intuitive, as, as intuitive as possible, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I've been watching digital video for, I think, since it's kind of came out on the Internet. And um, I've never really seen the options where people could kind of choose your own uh, adventures. Is this like new emerging technology that's coming out in the video world? It doesn't seem that easy to kind of implement on the back end to make it actually happen yeah, for a lot of so what's, what's novel about what's what's novel about Echo is that the, the experience is entirely seamless. So th- there used to be, I mean, th- there are sort of earlier iterations of Choose Your Adventure um, video. I mean, YouTube was doing it through their annotations, um, but there's always like buffering involved, and there's uh, you know you you click and you kind of wait for the next video to load. Um, it's, there's, it's, it's a more fractured experience. And what really blew my mind when Echo first uh, presented their, their platform to me was just how entirely seamless it was. So when you make a choice, um, it, it, it doesn't skip a beat. The, you know, and, and, it, and, and being on the other side of it uh, and designing it, it's, it's, it's a huge challenge to make all your music edits work, all, all your music edits and all your sound effects edits work with, uh, with that seamlessness, but what, <laughs> what it sort of uh, achieves is something that just feels magical, honestly. Um, so when you're playing the game, you're, you're never really waiting for anything to happen. It just flows uh, together so well that it really keeps you in the story and keeps you feeling like, hey, I'm really playing from the point of view of this character. And really making decisions for them that are consequential and really choosing your own adventure. Ultimately, I think what's special about Echo's platform is that it is choose your own adventure fully realized um, in the way that, you know, not even really the books could totally do. Because even in the books, you can kind of skip ahead and skip back and 
you know, you can, you can cheat, right? You can like look ahead and be like, oh, that's going to lead to a death. I don't want to do that. So you just like skip back. I'll choose the other thing. Um, this, not so much. Like you're literally making choices and then you have to sort of see it play out um, and see where it takes you. And I think that element of risk is, is, is really unique and really fun. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of cool because you really can't see ahead and you can't really predict what's going to be happening next. And those decisions kind of lead you down the entire path. If someone were to like watch uh, the uh, show, like how, how long does it usually take to get through the entire season? Yeah, each episode is about an eight minute experience, except for the finale, mm-hmm. which is around maybe doubles that. Um and there's 12 episodes total. So, um, you know, you're, you're playing essentially like a 96-minute experience um, entire, in total. So it feels like a feature film, which I think is, is a nice format. Like, you feel like, oh, this has a, is a full story beginning, middle to end. It's a, um, and, but if you go back and play, there's over, um, over 180 minutes of content throughout that, that, that's, that's unique. So um, there's a lot of variance there. So you'll definitely um, have a different experience if you play it one way versus another, which I think is, you know, novel and fun. Cool. And how many possible outcomes do you think people could potentially get from watching the show? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. I mean, there's, there's, there's really like, um, so for our show, because you can decide what type of wizard she becomes, you sort of build these stats um, and you, you know, the choices you make actually, like if you make more aggressive choices, then her more aggressive powers will be stronger. If you make, you know, more clever choices, then, uh, her like mind manipulation powers will be stronger. So there's, there's, there's kind of a whole bunch of, um, variants laid into that where like, uh, you know, you, you can really be experiencing it, um, like, you know, you, you sort of create a different version of Andy as a wizard. And then also, like, her relationships are different. So if you really lean into her uh, falling in love with Zhao, her, her, who is her, um, who's her business partner and best friend, then you have, like, a very different experience than if you start having her fall in love with um, her old high school um, uh, her, her old high school classmate who is also a wizard cop that's on her tail. So like you, you really get um, sort of a different experience depending on how you play it throughout. And those things are like in aggregate. They're not just choices. They're like all the choices you make along the way are building up these stats for you and, and giving the user a different experience. So if you played every permutation of our show end to end, um, it would take you over 600 trillion, trillion, trillion years to play the show. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's impossible to do. There's only 13.8, or the, the universe has only been around for 13.8 billion years. So, like, there's really no way you could play every single permutation of the show um, <laughs> without, without, you know, being a, a god yourself, I guess. Wow. Yeah. So, so basically, it's just built so detailed at even the most intricate levels where you could really go and choose your own true path and then having that becoming emulated the second way around uh, even if you like if you don't write down your choices it's going to be next to impossible to kind of go and play that same rendition again especially if your memory doesn't recollect each and every single decision that you're making yeah well yes i mean you could i mean i think you could probably go back and play the exact path you played before but what would be difficult is that you, you know there's actual mini games where you, you're building power and stuff like that. And there's not just one or two outcomes. There's a whole range of them depending on how you do it. I don't want to get too nerdy about it, but like, um, yeah, it would be really difficult for you to play the exact same way both times. Um, so I think that's what, that's, that's the fun of it. It feels a little, it's like, you know, you can't really play a video game the exact same way. Um, it'd be really challenging, uh, to, to do so. So I, we, we, and, and I think our show, unlike, I mean, there's a whole bunch of new shows coming out that are interactive. Ever since Netflix did Bandersnatch, I think it's sort of um, put interactive on the map a bit. And so, you know, now there's new shows coming out. And what makes ours, I think, a, a bit more unique than the others is this gaming element. And um, 
I feel like, you know, just making choices as cool as that is, um, could, could get a little old. So I like building in these, these clever little mini games that you play like, and, and I try to drop them in from an emotionally authentic, uh, point in the story. So like, you know, if she's casting a spell, that's a perfect place for a mini game because she's under duress and is being attacked. And so you feel, uh, as the viewer, you're like, oh gosh, I've got, you know, I, like I got to do something about this. And oh, with our show, you can. And so here's a mini game that pops up, and you've got to, um, you've got to like build up her energy and build up her power. Um, and so I think sort of if you take the spectrum of a regular linear show, which is like Friends and everything else that's on TV which has no interactive elements, and you take a video game which has all interactive elements, that our show leans closer to the video game than almost any other interactive show that's out there or coming out, um, which I think makes ours really special. That's kind of cool. I think it would move a lot of people who just want the freedom to really choose their own adventure kind of into the platform. So if anyone out there is looking for a really interactive show, you could always visit ECO, that's E-K-O, and look for the Wizard School Dropout to really go and look for that interactive show. Uh, we're about to hit a commercial break. Uh, if people want to find you, Sandy, where could they find you again? So you hit me on uh, Twitter or Instagram, at Sunday Preak. S-A-N-D-E-E-P-P-A-R-I-K-H or go to youtube.com slash funny to check out our shows. Cool, and you can find me at Mr. Leonard Kim and we'll be back after this commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to The Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change can be a scary thing. It's way too easy to stay inside your comfort zone. But the world is changing. And that's not going to stop without adapting yourself to the rest of life is just selling yourself short. Join Sandra Hill every week for Grow Your Voice, Overcome Your Fears. You gain insight with expert guests, experiences, and tools to help you navigate the change and perhaps even welcome it. Listen live on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. This is Leonard Kim here. We've been talking to Sandy Parikh over at and Funny, and we've been talking about a lot of different things on how he's basically spent his whole life going out there and influencing not just his peers and writers and comedians, but influencing people all across their screens with over 500 million views. 
and impacting their lives so that they could get a comedic relief. In even with this new series, uh, Wizard School Dropout, with this interactive content, bu- building out journeys will, where people could go out there and not just watch contact, but con- <coughs> watch content, but interact with it at kind of a video game level. And um, I know myself, me and my wife Angie, we've been currently working for about the last half year trying to get like pregnant and everything like that so we could have bring a baby into the world which is probably the greatest form of influence that any person could really have uh going and catering to one specific individual and raising them up so that they could potentially become a decent human being um sandeep you recently (laughs) became a father right (laughs) that is right yeah six months ago little karen parikh was born yeah awesome and how's that experience kind of been so far (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Talk about influence. Look, the influence is two ways for sure. So it's not just, uh, you know, I really felt like not only, especially for my wife, not only was Kieran born, but, um, the, you know, the version of my wife who is now a mother was born and the version of myself who's a father was born. Like kind of all happened and is continuing to happen. I mean, we're still in the thick of it. Um, we're still in the six, six month stage. So, not getting a ton of sleep and, uh, um, you know, just kind of learning the ropes and, um, every, every day the kiddo like evolves and learns something new. It's like, it's just incredible to watch him grow and change, but, um, it really, it, it is, uh, it is, it is a mirrored effect. Um, I, I, it's hard to explain, but, it really changes you, I think, as much as um, you are helping this being change and evolve. It's, it's pretty incredible. Um, it's also absolutely harrowing, and you will be covered in spit up. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's sort of all the things, I like to say. It's, it's the best and the worst. But mostly That's kind of awesome. So you kind of mentioned that you kind of had a father kind of grow out of you from thin air at the moment that your child was born. Can you kind of like talk about that? Like what kind of feelings were kind of different than everything? Well, I think what happens, uh, you know, I, I, I can't speak for everybody, but what happened to me and what I think is still kind of happening is uh, the, the death of the individual ego. <laughs> that there's this uh, tremendous new sense of love that you feel um, that, you know, kind of wasn't there before. It's sort of this, this, this expansion. Um, and what, what sort of, that's the beautiful way of describing it. And then the kind of comedic and maybe effed up way is that your individual self-like, like doesn't I don't want to say doesn't matter as much because in some ways I like I feel like I have to stay alive more than ever because now I have this other being that that needs me um but your needs aren't the same and your your goals aren't even the same and they get shifted so radically and dramatically that I think your old self your old ego is like hey dude we were we were gonna do things we were gonna travel to Bali What's up? <laughs> like, why, like, why, like, why are you leaving me behind? Uh, and, uh, so you, like, there's a bit of a reckoning there that happens every once in a while where the ego flares up and is like, but what about you, man? We have, we, 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 you know, we want to go out with our friends. We want to go, go catch a movie. And, um, you, you know, it takes a little work to like, to, to push, to push that guy back off the edge or get him out of the way a little bit. Um, because the the kid just like takes up so many so many of your 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 needs and uh, yeah it's, it's it's a wild experience I, I don't think you know um, other than psychedelics <laughs> does anything come close <laughs> to such a, like an, a mind expanding or mind altering experience than than having a kid for me at least. Yeah, that sounds pretty interesting, especially the journey where you kind of grow to become more selfless and selfless and you're looking out after others. I remember one time I was speaking with my wife and I was like, wow, I never 
I, I completely botched how I worded it, but what I meant to say was my heart grew to the point where I could love more and I could love you more. And she's like, oh, you weren't giving me your whole heart to begin with. And I'm like, oh, oh probably <laughs> worded that the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> I meant, no, yeah. now I have more love where I can give. And it feels like I reached that a different like level. That sounds like my who I will not name. But what he, what he did was uh, he told his girlfriend in college, that she was the second most beautiful girl in school. And from his point of view, he's like, that's amazing. Imagine being this, if, if I was told I was the second most beautiful guy, I'd be so flabbergasted. I'd be so blown away and complimented <laughs> by it. And of course she was like, wait, so you actually think there's one specific other person that is more beautiful than me? That's completely messed up. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, so any great ideas any guys have, make sure to run it by a few people before you actually go and say anything. Right, because right. It probably won't come out <laughs> wrong. <laughs> So uh, most of your days are spent uh, raising your child, and that's kind of brought on a new kind of journey for you. Do you think that's going to kind of have any kind of impact on your career, or is it like, uh, are you going to be spending more time with your family, or what? What do you kind of see within the near future? Man, it's a, it's like yes, of course, I want to spend more time with my family, but there's also this like little hunter gatherer instinct that I think kicks in. That's like, I must provide me must provide for a family and have to like go and, uh, you know, I, I got, you know, especially in this industry where it's so up and down and, 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 you know, nothing's a given. So, um, I feel like in some ways I'm working harder than ever now to get other projects going. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, f- finished, um, writing on a show called glitch text for Nickelodeon um, and that's now going to be on a, uh, actually I can't say yet what, net, what, what, uh, network it's going to be on, but it's going to be a very good one. Um, and, uh, that's, that's coming out. And I think that was really amazing and makes experience because I got to write for kids and, um, you know, my previous work was much raunchier and, and there probably still will be future work that's very raunchy, but it was also cool to do something that was, um, accessible to, to like the next generation, to my, to my nieces and nephews and stuff like that. And now my kids. So, um, yeah, I can't not influence it. I mean, I think ultimately when you're telling stories, you're telling, even if you're completely making up stories about elves and dwarves and whatever, you're still drawing from your experience to make it a more human experience and, and to make it more unique and, and specific to you. So ultimately this experience, which has been so monumental of having a kid can't not influence how I, how I write going forward. Yeah, it seems like a lot of that's going to maybe take a tiny bit of a pivot where you're focusing a little bit more on content that is going to be affecting the next generation as opposed to the current one. And it seems that these tiny moves are making those little influences, and it seems like that might end up being the direction that you might lean more towards in the near future, at least. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Um, We'll see what comes out of my fingers when when I hit the keypad. Yeah, I I mean, it's really hard to tell exactly where you're going to go. I mean, I've changed career uh, decisions like, you know, a million times in a day sometimes. But um, once there is another influence in your life, it kind of really has a huge impact. I know marriage for myself really helped me change my perspective a lot about work where it's just like, oh, yeah, I'm making good money. Things are fine to need to figure out how to make a lot more money somehow <laughs> and yeah yeah or you gotta oh i gotta get an ira i gotta get life insurance policy i gotta get it's like you know because you want to do all sorts of stuff to protect your family it's a whole different ball yeah game, you know? um and i, I think it's, it's kind of yeah it is very exciting and i think it's really neat how it kind of goes away from that selfish need of oh yeah let me just go out there and make more money just so i could have more money to actually having purpose behind what you're doing where you're like okay gotta take care of the family gotta have a good education for my child and things like that and i think that shift is really one of the driving factors that helps push people to kind of that next level totally and then i think it even goes it sort of transcends family where you start thinking about like, Hey, I got to do better for the environment. I got to do better for the climate. I got to do better. Cause like what you realize is that, you know, your time on this earth is limited. And what you're all, what you're really doing is, is just trying to contribute something so that it's a little bit better for the next generation. Like that's, that's, I feel like that's like the end all be all is like, Hey, just, just, just leave the place a little bit better than you found it. 
you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, that becomes so much more real when, you know, your kid is involved and, you know, you, you, you just start thinking about like, yeah, this is, this is the world that they're going to live in. So, um, better do my part to, 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 to leave it, to leave it way better than, than I found it, you know? Yeah, and I think that continual desire to really go out there and create things so that they're better for the next generation is a great philosophy to really take into life. Because, like, a lot of people, they'll go into situations, they'll kind of go and just take what they feel they want and then just kind of leave things as they are. But that doesn't really benefit anyone or society as a whole, and that kind of ends up creating people who don't really move anywhere in their careers that don't really go out there and influence others because they're only really taking and looking out for themselves. Well, on the other hand, people who are, you know, going and <clears throat> making things better than they have found it or just going and improving either people or their surroundings, those are the people who are making a lasting impact with whatever it is that they're doing. And over at Happen Funny, it seems that you're doing that and with your family as well because you're creating that strong impact with everything that's going on. I wanted to really thank you so much uh, for hopping onto the show today, Sandeep, and uh, it was a pleasure to really speak with you and go through your entire journey of how you kind of went from out of state to moving over to LA, kind of building out your entire career and putting all this effort into this platform. And it's really been quite a journey for you. And I wanted to thank you for sharing that with us and the listeners here today. Uh, if people want to find you, where could they? Yeah, well, hey, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it was a total pleasure speaking to you, Leonard. Um, and you know, best of luck to you and your wife as well. And I, I, I hope you get a little one soon. Um, and uh, people can find me at, on my Twitter or Instagram at Sandeep Parikh, S-A-N-D-E-E-P-P-A-R-I-K-H. Um, they can also hit up fandfunny.com, or sorry, uh, youtube.com slash fandfunny to, to find all our videos, and please check out our new show, Wizard School Dropout, on echo.com, E-K-O.com. Yeah, go check out EKO.com, the Wizard School Dropout. And if you're looking for a book that will really help you go out there and propel yourself into becoming an influencer yourself, check out Ditch the Act, Reveal the Surprising Power of the Real You for Greater Success at your local bookstore or online at Amazon. And we'll, and thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. And hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.